Welcome. I'm Amy Watson, a certified life after baby loss coach and mom to two babies in heaven. Join me as I show you how you can truly find yourself again. Together, let's knock up those rough, painful edges and learn to carry your grief so you can step forward into all this life has in store for you. This is the Smooth Stones Podcast. When I was growing up, I did a lot of things on my own. I was raised by a single mom, so I needed to take care of myself a lot while she was at work. I remember doing things like riding my bike across town to register for my softball by myself, teaching myself to swim, and learning to ride a bike on the hill at my grand's farm by myself. A lot of times I'd be really nervous to do these things, and my mom categorized me as a worrier. My aunt said it was because I was a Taurus, but I tended to overthink a lot and not be very confident. However, if there was something I needed to do, I would do it anyway. I remember really clearly the first time I flew on a plane. My dad lives in Europe, and once we were old enough, we went to visit him for the summer there. I was probably about 10 years old, flying unaccompanied internationally with my older and younger brother. I was absolutely terrified. I didn't eat a thing, and I'm sure that I threw up and then also felt like throwing up the entire trip. When I found my first life coach, she was a big proponent of doing things scared. Don't feel ready? Do it anyways. Noticing your whole body freaking out? Do it anyways. Sure you'll fail? Failing is awesome. Do it anyway. Is perfectionism holding you back? Stop trying to be perfect and just take action. And I did this. And I've taught you this here on the podcast too, because I think there is a lot of value in the concept of doing things scared. See, our brains are wired to be scared of mostly everything, especially new things and especially places where other people might have an opinion of what we're doing, which in this digital age of social media and constant cameras on phones, security devices, and even doorbells, we are literally on display always. So if we mess up, it may live forever on the internet. And that sounds really terrible. Our brain is like, uh, no, thank you. I'll stay inside where it's safe and I'll do things I'm absolutely sure of. Being uncomfortable or vulnerable or failing become experiences we avoid at all costs. In fact, it comes at a high cost because we stop living. We don't grow. We don't learn. We don't make connections we otherwise could have. We also vastly underestimate ourselves and our abilities. We compare other people's best to our worst and we come up feeling terrible. I mean, let's talk about jean trends right now. How many of you out there have a stack of skinny jeans that you've heard are not so cool anymore, but you look at these wide leg and the kind of 80s mom jeans and think there's no way you can pull these off. Other people can do it somehow, but not you. So you sit in joggers a lot of days and yeah, they are comfortable and they are cute, but that stack of jeans is still there mocking you a little bit, telling you you can't dress yourself anymore. Now, I jest a little, but this is also true. And I personally just went and got myself a few new pairs of jeans. And I'm telling you, it is wild. And some of these designs are just not it. But it can be fun and you can find something you love. So if you've been feeling the desire to update your jeans for style or size, just go do it. Go alone or take a friend, but don't let your fear of trying on pants hold you back. Do it scared. But I digress a little bit. 
My point is our brain freaks out over a lot of things from making telephone calls to signing up for a class or giving a speech. And none of these things are going to kill you. Your brain is super convinced otherwise though. It sees emotional pain as real dangerous pain and it has all the red lights and sirens going off and it's totally wrong. And we have to show it how wrong it is by sometimes just doing the thing. You'll probably feel like barfing. So what? You only feel like barfing because your brain is overreacting, but we get so used to it that we think this is important to listen to. But the more you do things scared, the more proof you have that you aren't actually going to die. You are going to be fine. And more than fine, you are going to be great. As I was thinking about this topic, I wanted to use an example and I decided on rappelling or rock climbing, either one. One is going up, one is going down, but it's all about ropes and possibly falling to your death. When you go rappelling, there's a point where you're all harnessed up, you check and recheck your rope, you have someone at the bottom to belay you, and then you lean back, 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 over the edge, trusting that your rope is going to hold you as you walk horizontally down the rock face. There are very few humans who don't get at least a pretty strong butterfly in their stomach going over that edge, but that's part of the fun of it. If we didn't feel the fear and keep going, we wouldn't get to experience the view and the thrill and bouncing off the wall and jumping down at the end in a really cool way. For a lot of people, the hardest part of repelling is the fear and anticipation leading up to leaning over that edge. Everything is telling them this is dangerous and scary, and especially if you're new and you don't know if you can do it at all. But you can, and in the end, all the fear usually shifts into so many other feelings as your feet hit the ground again. And you either are pumped to go one more time, or you are sure this is not for you, but you did it, and that's pretty cool. With repelling, you absolutely can do it scared, and the more you do, the less fear you'll feel. There will still be butterflies, but they become part of the fun. So here's where I'm going to shift and add a little more to the do it scared concept. You see, if I was taking a youth group repelling and there was a kid who was fully terrified of heights and I just pushed them to do it scared, telling them it would all be fine and pressured them until they try, likely fall and have to be lowered down while all the other kids look on and they end up in tears sitting by the cars, just waiting to leave, and vowing to never come hang out with us again? That is not awesome. And sometimes people take do it scared and they push it too far, either to themselves or to others. This can be traumatizing. Now, I am not a psychologist and I use what I call little t trauma when I talk about it, which just means that our nervous system gets very reactive and then stays stuck in this cycle whenever you think or go near something again. It's kind of that old school technique of throwing your kid in the deep end of the pool to teach them to swim. It probably works, but there just might be a different way to get the same result without your kid hating you. Have you ever been pushed to do something that terrified you and it was not a fun experience? Process through some of that. Do some journaling if you want to. I see this a lot with my pregnancy after loss clients who have been forcing themselves to go into the doctor's office over and over, but they are just miserable. They are stuck in terror and they can't find a way out. And that's where do it safe comes in. 
And that's where I come in. I love helping people to not just feel like they have to push through all nine months of a pregnancy after loss. So if you are thinking about it or you are pregnant, uh, come and talk to me. Now, I want to just say really clearly, do it safe doesn't mean play it safe, which usually actually means don't do it, avoid scary things. You know what I mean? Do it safe just means we take care of ourselves before, during, and after the scary, exciting thing we want to do. We learn and we practice these skills so when an opportunity arises, we can jump in easily. Where you want to start is to still have that goal or that thing that seems scary out in front of you. Visualize yourself getting it. Imagine what it will feel like when it's accomplished. See your future self enjoying the fruits of all the steps that got you there. What this does is it gives your brain something to focus on besides the fear. It gives you motivation and it fuels your actions. It puts fear in the passenger seat. Like if you're afraid to step off the ledge when you're rappelling, you think about how it will feel to be at the bottom, to have conquered your fears, to have done something new and exciting. You might focus on the feeling of camaraderie you'll have with your friends who love rappelling. Whatever works for you, use it. Next, I want you to make a plan. Spend some time gaining as much knowledge as you can. Now, you need to be careful because we are not studying or researching so we can feel ready and it's not scary anymore. First of all, our actions do not create our feelings. And if we do this, you can be in the planning stage forever and get stuck in what we call passive action. It's like it feels really busy, it feels really useful, but you're really not going anywhere. But there is value in knowing what to expect, learning from other people's mistakes, and being as prepared as you can be. For example, I have a goal to give a TED Talk. There are many TED Talks I can watch. I can read about the application process. I can take a course on writing an impactful, unique speech. But ultimately, I will have to just go for it. When I go in prepared, I'm going to feel better. Whether or not it translates into success is not up to me. I might get rejected 50 times. I might feel like throwing up before I get on stage. I probably will. But what preparation does is it can help our brain feel a little bit more confident and in control. Brains like that. So find a happy medium. Know yourself. Listen. You know when you start indulging in preparation to avoid the actual goal. So just pay attention. Notice how having some knowledge under your belt helps you feel just a bit safer. My other warning is to be careful of your sources. There's a lot of ideas out there. If anything feels off, just leave it. Now let's talk about the nervous system. We mentioned it before when we talked about how we can force ourselves into being traumatized if we just push ahead scared. When we understand the job our nervous system is trying to do, we can take care of it. There's a ton of information out there on the nervous system. Here on this episode, I'm just going to keep things super simple. When life is good, our nervous system is relaxed. When it senses danger, it snaps into action. You don't even have to think about it. Your heart beats faster, you might sweat, your breathing changes, your digestion slows, everything is prepped for fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. You're like a rabbit who hears rustling in the bushes and doesn't know what it is. Sometimes our goals can be like noises in the bushes as well. And it's funny because we want to do it, but we're scared. Our body reacts to a perceived danger, like going off the edge of a cliff or giving a TED talk, like it's a bear. Except in the wild, 
Either the bunny realizes it's only the wind and calms down, or it is a bear. They hop into their hole and all is well again. The cycle completes. In humans, when the danger is mostly in our head, like, what if I mess up? What if people talk about me? What if I lose my family? What if I break my heart again? The cycle doesn't get completed. You are stuck. You then think the nervous system activation is telling you something and you make that mean something about your goal. For example, as a woman of faith, I believe that the Holy Spirit will tell me things and also warn me. If I have a feeling in the pit of my stomach, I might get confused and wonder, am I just nervous or is this a warning I need to listen to? This can be really hard to figure out. So getting to know your body, recognizing what's happening, and trying things out is going to be really important and will be an ongoing process. And if you need some ways to calm down your nervous system, I have an episode about that. I also have a video of nervous system techniques. If you email me, amy at smoothstonescoaching.com and ask for that, I will send that right to you. Let's talk a bit about procrastination. It often goes hand in hand with anxiety and perfectionism. You want to do something. It feels scary. You put it off. You doubt yourself. You promise to get started and all of a sudden it's the night before and you're all wound up and you're winging it. If we do our goals safe, we recognize these patterns and we work with them. Don't be harsh. Be kind. Don't criticize yourself. Set yourself up for success. I don't know the right system for you. I don't even know if you need a system per se, But I do know that while many of us believe that we work best under pressure, that's not usually true. I want to ask you a few questions. How can you start building self-trust to be able to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it? How can you make time and space to accomplish your goals? What can you cut out for a while while you work towards your goal? How can you make it fun? A lot of us are in a cycle of punishing ourselves all the way to goals. Let's try rewards instead. So what about in the moment when you're giving a presentation or asking for a raise or walking into a new class at the rec center or having that conversation you've been avoiding? I'm going to throw in a bonus tip here. Bring your cheer squad. Have people praying for you. Invite them, if possible, to come to your thing. Build a support team. Have me as your coach. Having others who believe in you makes everything easier if that's available to you. And it might be scary to ask or scary to have people in on the journey with you. But their calm can co-regulate you. Their words can keep you going. Their accountability can be priceless. You don't have to do this alone. So in the moment, how can you do it safe? How can you ease in instead of feeling like you're thrown in the deep end? For a lot of people, if you've done the prep work and you've attended to your nervous system and you've been practicing this all the way along, you'll notice that a lot of the anxiety just isn't there. The worst part of the whole process was the dread and the lead up. Once you're in it, you know what to do. So just enjoy that and be proud of you. And if it's awful and you mess up or you freeze or whatever, that's okay. We're going to take lots of deep breaths, process those feelings that come up, without judging yourself. And that's really our final step. You can evaluate yourself with kindness and compassion. First of all, don't forget to tell yourself that you did awesome because you did, no matter the outcome, you are amazing. Notice what you felt before, during, and after. 
Notice what you were thinking. Notice how your body reacted each step of the way. See what worked, what didn't work, what you would do differently, and what would support you in the future. If you're rappelling off a cliff, you might have gotten scared at the top and stumbled a bit before you found your footing. Maybe your ropes got a bit tangled or you didn't communicate with your belayer well. You notice how terrified you were right up until your feet were on the side of the cliff. You recognize that waiting in line and kind of letting everyone go before you so that you could go last made the experience harder. You realize that maybe different footwear would work better next time. You're proud of yourself for doing it and you realize it was actually so fun and you want to go again. Each time you go, you get more and more confident and skilled. Each time you make a mistake, you adapt. Before you know it, you're loving it, even the heart in your throat feeling as you lean back over the edge. Friends, I want you to go for everything that you want, especially the stuff that makes you want to throw up. That's where so much growth happens. That's where you blow your own mind. That's where you realize that it's not quote unquote other people who can do super cool things. It's just people who do things that scare them and people who don't give up. If you take care of yourself all along the way, you will notice newfound courage and confidence. Let's do it. Go for your goals. Do the thing that scares you. If you want support, come talk to me. I can help you reach your dreams faster and more comfortably than you think is possible. That's the magic of a great coach. So let me know, what are you going to go for? And how are you going to do it scared, but do it safe too? I'll talk to you next time. Are you tired of feeling like your baby's death was somehow your fault? Go to smoothstonescoaching.com and get my free mini course, How to Stop Blaming Yourself After Loss.